Welcome to 5 at 8. I'm Mark Overman, and this morning I'm joined by Linda Carlisle. It's Thursday, November 23rd, 2023. In this episode, we'll talk about oil prices dropping after OPEC plus delayed a meeting, Broadcom's acquisition of VMware being completed, North Korea's decision to deploy more troops and military equipment, Enel's plans for investment in renewable energy projects, and Binance founder Changpeng Zhao pleading guilty to failing to maintain an effective anti-money laundering program. Story number one. Oil prices dropped over 4% after OPEC plus delayed a meeting to discuss further cuts to global supply, as reported by CNN. Brent crude fell 3.7% to $1.79 a barrel, and WTI crude fell 3.8% to $1.75 a barrel. The delay may indicate disagreement among members regarding production levels and cuts. Prices have been declining due to record crude oil production in the U.S. and concerns about global demand. OPEC Plus is expected to reach an agreement at the rescheduled meeting on November 30th, but it may be challenging. Are we seeing a replay of this classic oil politics, Linda? This sudden tumble in oil prices? Well, it's a bit of deja vu. OPEC plus delaying the meeting to discuss production cuts, it reminds me of similar disputes in the past. You've got these major oil producers like Saudi Arabia and Russia, and their decisions or indecisions have a ripple effect on global economies. It's like a domino effect. When these oil-rich nations disagree on production levels, it's not just their economies that take a hit. This recent price drop is a boon for U.S. drivers, especially during this Thanksgiving travel season. Gas prices have dropped nearly 8% in a month. But, on the other side of the coin, those lower prices can trigger economic concerns in oil-dependent countries. It's like a double-edged sword. Lower gas prices mean more money in the pockets of consumers, which can stimulate spending in other sectors of the economy. But when you look at the bigger picture, these price fluctuations can cause instability in the global market. And let's not forget the impact on the oil industry workers, who are often caught in the crossfire of these corporate decisions. While these corporate decisions are being made, there's a stark contrast between the profits and compensations of CEOs and the workers who are on strike. It's a vivid example of the wealth disparity we often discuss. These complexities in the geopolitics of oil, they're not just about prices at the pump or corporate profits. They're about the livelihoods of workers, the stability of global markets, and the inevitable political power plays. Couldn't have said it better myself, Linda. It's a complex web, with plenty of winners and losers. And as these discussions continue within OPEC+, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. But one thing's for sure, these oil politics, they're not just about barrels and dollars, they're about people and power. Story number two, Broadcom has completed its $69 billion acquisition of cloud computing firm VMware after receiving regulatory approval in China, as reported by Reuters. The deal faced significant regulatory scrutiny globally and experienced multiple delays. China's approval came after tensions with the U.S. over chip export controls and the improved relations between the two countries helped ease concerns. The European Commission and the UK's Competition and Markets Authority had also approved the acquisition. The completion of this deal is part of Broadcom CEO Hock Tan's efforts to strengthen the chipmaker's software business. Big tech mergers have faced increased regulatory pressure in recent times. Has anyone else noticed the seismic shift in the tech landscape recently? Broadcom finally closing its $69 billion acquisition of VMware is just another sign of the times. 
CEO Hawk Tan's been at it, boosting the software side of things. But boy, did they have to jump through some hoops to get this deal over the finish line? The regulatory scrutiny these deals face is significant, not just locally but globally. Broadcom had to delay the closing date three times due to such challenges. It's indicative of the increasing wariness of these high-value acquisitions, and rightly so. There's the risk of market dominance, reduced competition, and potential misuse of customer data. And it's not just the regulators who are watching these deals like a hawk. The geopolitical chess game also plays a massive part. The Broadcom VMware deal was hanging in the balance until China gave its nod, especially with the ongoing U.S.-China tensions around chip export controls. The recent easing of tensions, thanks to the meeting between Presidents Biden and Xi, certainly helped. That's a crucial point, Mark. These acquisitions are not just business decisions. They're deeply entwined with international relations, trade policies, and even national security concerns. Microsoft's acquisition of Activision, another mammoth deal, also faced heightened scrutiny from the U.S. Federal Trade Commission under Chair Lena Khan. Right you are, Linda. It's like walking a tightrope. Companies have to balance their growth ambitions with regulatory and geopolitical sensitivities. And we're seeing some interesting strategies to navigate this environment. Take Broadcom, for instance. They offered remedies to rival Marvel technology to get the deal approved by the European Commission. That's some smart maneuvering. It's a delicate dance of corporate ambition and regulatory compliance. These large-scale tech acquisitions represent a new era of consolidation in the tech industry. But they also underscore the need for robust regulatory frameworks that promote healthy competition, protect consumer interests, and ensure the tech sector continues to innovate and evolve in a balanced way. Story number three. According to Al Jazeera, North Korea has announced that it will deploy more troops and military equipment to its border with South Korea and will no longer be bound by a 2018 joint military accord. This comes after South Korea suspended parts of the agreement in response to North Korea's launch of a military spy satellite. The comprehensive military agreement was signed in 2018 to reduce tensions and build trust between the two countries. South Korea withdrew from parts of the deal after North Korea successfully launched the satellite. North Korea has stated that it will never be bound by the agreement. There's no denying, Linda, this latest move by North Korea is an unsettling development. They've not only launched a spy satellite, but also announced plans to beef up their military presence along the South Korean border. It's a blatant disregard for the Comprehensive Military Agreement of 2018, an agreement which, incidentally, was aimed at reducing tensions and fostering trust between the two nations. I agree, Mark. It's a significant setback for peace in the region. And not just for the Korean Peninsula, this has implications for global security, too. North Korea's military modernization program, spearheaded by their leader Kim Jong-un, has been a matter of concern, especially when coupled with their refusal to abide by UN Security Council sanctions. Absolutely. This act of defiance, launching a satellite despite the sanctions, it shows a blatant disregard for international law. Not to forget, the satellite is already sending back images of U.S. military bases in Guam. That's a clear threat, Linda, to South Korea, the U.S., and their allies. And it's worrisome how North Korea is justifying these aggressive actions. They're blaming South Korea for irresponsible and grave political and military provocations. It's a clear signal that the situation has escalated beyond control. The international community needs to step in, and quickly. Couldn't agree more, Linda. It's high time the UN and other international bodies take a stronger stand. 
Diplomacy needs to play a crucial role here. We've seen in the past, military escalations like these can have far-reaching, often devastating consequences. Yes, Mark. History has shown us that such escalations can lead to prolonged conflicts, loss of life, and widespread instability. Not just on a regional scale, but globally. This isn't just about North and South Korea. It's about maintaining global peace and security. Story number four. Italian power group Enel plans to invest 35.8 billion euros in the next three years, with a focus on improving existing networks and renewable energy projects, as reported by Reuters. Approximately 18.6 billion euros will be invested in grids, 12.1 billion euros in renewables, and 3 billion euros in customer business. Enel also plans to access European grants and establish partnerships in renewable projects, the company aims to reduce costs and achieve a net debt reduction while increasing EBITDA and net income. Enel intends to exit coal power generation by 2027 and achieve 100% renewable power generation by 2040. So Italy's Enel, as we've seen, is putting in a hefty 35.8 billion euros in the next three years, but they're being quite selective with their renewable investments. While this cautious approach might seem, well, a bit too cautious, I think it's a pretty smart move. They're focusing on onshore wind, solar, and battery storage, which are some of the most promising areas in renewable energy right now. I mean, it's not just about jumping on the bandwagon of renewables. It's about investing wisely, right? I agree, Mark. And it's not just about investing in the right projects. It's also about preparing for the future. They're spending a significant chunk on improving their grids, focusing on quality, resilience, and digitalization. This is a key part of the transition to renewable energy. We often focus on generating clean energy, but if we can't transmit and distribute it efficiently, then what's the point? It reminds me of that old saying, don't put the cart before the horse. And speaking of the future, Enel's plan to completely exit from coal power generation by 2027 and aim for 100% renewable power generation by 2040 is ambitious but necessary. The timeline might seem tight, but the urgency of the climate crisis demands it. This is a decisive moment for traditional power companies. The shift towards renewable energy is not just about reducing carbon emissions, it's also about laying the groundwork for a sustainable future. The way Enel is managing their portfolio with offers to reduce a churn rate of 20% shows they're aware of the changing demands of consumers, too. Definitely, Linda. And let's not forget, they're also planning to tap into European grants for around 3.5 billion euros and establish partnerships in renewable projects. It's a clear indication they recognize the importance of collaboration in accelerating the transition to renewable energy. That's a valid point, Mark. A transition of this scale can't happen in isolation. Partnerships, government support, and consumer engagement are all crucial. It's encouraging to see companies like Enel taking these comprehensive steps. However, the challenge will be in maintaining this momentum and ensuring that these goals are met on time. Story number five. Binance founder Changping Zhao has pleaded guilty to failing to maintain an effective anti-money laundering program, as reported by CNN. This marks the largest penalty ever imposed on a money services business in U.S. history. The guilty plea comes just after the conviction of Sam Bankman-Fried, the former CEO of FTX Crypto Exchange. The actions against these prominent figures in the crypto industry 
highlight the need for greater compliance and regulation in the sector. Despite the regulatory crackdown, cryptocurrencies have rebounded after a brief dip in response to the news. Binance will be exiting the U.S. market as part of its agreement with law enforcement agencies, but its subsidiary Binance U.S. will continue to operate within regulatory boundaries. The U.S. government's tough stance on crypto-related criminal activities is evident, with multiple agencies actively pursuing enforcement actions. There is also growing support for new regulations to provide clarity and prevent illicit activities in the crypto industry. What a whirlwind of events in the world of cryptocurrency. The U.S. government's stance towards crypto seems to be getting tougher, don't you think? This week's announcement by the Department of Justice regarding the charges against the founder of Binance, Changpeng Zhao, is further evidence of that. It's a clear signal that the government is not going to tolerate illicit activities involving crypto. So this is all part of a larger crackdown on crypto by the feds, huh? I mean, just recently, the SEC also sued Kraken. It seems like the noose is tightening. It's not just the SEC, though. The Department of Justice, the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, and the Treasury Department are all actively involved in this crackdown. We're witnessing a whole-of-government approach to combat corporate crime within the crypto realm. And yet, despite these regulatory challenges, cryptocurrencies are still performing well in the market. It's, it's interesting how quickly they bounced back after the initial dip following the news. Yes, there's resilience in the market. Part of this could be due to the fact that Zhao's deal with the Department of Justice might allow him to keep the majority of Binance's shares. Also, the closure of the multi-year investigation has removed a significant amount of uncertainty. Now, Linda, they're saying there's room for new regulation. What could this mean for the future of crypto? Well, Mark... Calls for regulatory clarity have been around for a while now. New regulations could help distinguish legitimate crypto products from criminal facades, which would, um, benefit both investors and law enforcement. How and when these regulations will be implemented, though, remains to be seen. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.